You're listening to the Good Christian Podcast. We're not saying that we're always good Christians, but this is always a good podcast for Christians to listen to. I'm your host, Alex Sanfilippo. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode. This one's actually going to look a little bit different because today I have no guest. That's right, it is just me, just Alex Sanfilippo, talking to you for 20 or 30 minutes. We'll just see how it goes. So I'm actually doing this for a very specific reason, though. I, I had the opportunity to speak at a local university here in a track called Co-Passion, and um, this is the same topic today I'm talking about now that I talked about just a month ago there, and I really received a lot of great feedback there, but also from some other people that I shared it with, and just really felt like I was supposed to share it here on the podcast. So me being the host, it's pretty easy for me to go ahead and just kind of mix things up. So yes, today it's going to be just me, and I'm going to talk about the topic of believers discovering, discerning their calling from God. It's a big topic, right? How can we actually do that? Discover, discern our calling from God. As a matter of fact, many of us would say it's impossible, or how, like, don't not even know where to start. Do we start in the church? Do we start in our jobs? Where do we go to be able to do that? The truth is, though, there is a way, and there's actually some practical steps that will lead toward discovering and discerning your calling from God. And honestly, as an outcome, when you actually begin walking in these things, you'll live a more fulfilled, more joyful life than you could ever imagine. I know that's been true in my life. So I really wanted to share kind of my journey with you today. So it's really just a story about my life where I'm going to throw kind of three points in there to just talk about discovering, discerning our calling from God. I encourage you to take some notes, not necessarily on my life because that would be weird, but on my actual points that I share. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and jump into these now. Before I share the points, like I said, I'm going to share kind of my life story here. Uh, Not my whole life story. We're not going to start when I was like a baby or anything weird like that. But uh, we're going to start where I kind of came into my own, where I feel like I was a man and wanted to make something of myself. And this is where I feel that I first had a calling or a purpose for my life. I started young. I wasn't great at sports. I wasn't good at video games. And many of you know, if you're not good at sports or video games, that's a weird, awkward place to be right? I mean, you got to be good at one or the other. So here I was in that awkward, weird phase, not knowing what I was ever good at. And then I discovered it. I was actually great at business. Uh, I started my first business, I'd like to say. It wasn't an LLC or anything like that. At the age of 10 or 11 or something like that, me and some friends started finding used golf balls in the lakes around the golf course in our neighborhood. And we would sit at the seventh tee box and sell them back to golfers. We made a lot more money than the kids selling lemonade, trust me. So it was really fun. But uh, anyway, that's like, as a kid, I was like, man, I love this. So what else can I do? You know, I, I, whole, I like the whole concept of a business, not even necessarily just the making money part, but that did help. So also quick disclaimer for everybody. I'm used to having someone else talking in between me. So I don't need to stop or I do stop for water, but you don't notice. But now you're gonna have to listen to me stopping for water. So here we go. <sighs> My favorite. All right, back on task here. So Later on in life, shortly after the golf course, the, the whole golf ball thing, as I became an adult, uh, I think it was actually 17, I started my first legitimate business where I was actually uh, in the real estate industry and started doing some, some uh, virtual tours and things like that, working with realtors, working on the MLS, and then discovered I really liked real estate. So I decided to actually start investing in real estate at 18. Can't really do that at 17, I don't think. So 18, I started doing that. And I quickly developed this entire idea for my life My goal, you ready? This was my ultimate purpose, my goal at the age of 18. I wanted to be on the 
most successful under 30 list. There was a magazine, I don't even remember which one it was now, but had this, this whole thing about the most successful people under the age of 30. And I was like, you know what? I am going to be on that list. And I was psyched about it. So I worked real hard. I invested in real estate, had rental property. I was, I think it was like 19. I had a rental property and I had a full-time job and running my own business and things like that. I was doing really well. And, um, I was excited. I was well on the way for my whole entire life goal, my purpose. And because of this, I felt very fulfilled at this point in my life. But then something terrible happened. Some of you are going to remember this. It was called 2007. And when 2007 hit, everything crashed. Businesses weren't doing well. Real estate was doing really bad. Things just really went the wrong direction. And it literally shattered my entire universe because Everything I believed I was going to accomplish and do in my life kind of relied on the economy doing really well. And the economy took a tank for the worse. And it, it affected me very negatively. I was depressed. I was very unhappy. I didn't have any more direction in life. There was no way I could get out of this hole because I went from being in a great financial place to a really, really bad one where at such a young age, it was just really, it was devastating to me. So I knew that there was no way that I was going to be able to get back to where I wanted to go. And uh, long story short, I'll kind of skip ahead a little bit here. It took me about 10 years to recover from all that. Pretty bad. But during that time, I remember it was now 2007, I actually had to get a roommate, had to move into one of my rental properties. And um, I can remember going on a little rant and like kind of raging to one of my roommates who happened to be a great Christian, great man of God, which is what I was supposed to be, but I was more focused on business than I was actually my relationship with God. Side note there, keep your priorities straight. So I remember here I am kind of going on and on about how just life has kind of not been fair. It kind of sucks. And I wish that I would have been on this list because that's really what I always wanted. And uh, he like barely even looked up. He was like reading a magazine or probably the Bible or something like that. Barely even looked up and he goes, you know what, Alex? Proverbs twenty twenty one says, an inheritance gained in haste won't be blessed in the end. And then just went right back to what he was doing. And I like froze my tracks. I'm like, an inheritance gained in haste won't be blessed in the end. And that actually really spoke to me that that plan I had for my life wasn't the plan that God had for my life. That was Alex Sanfilippo, not God. And in that moment when he said that, I don't think he really thought much of it because I just kind of got quiet and I was like, thanks, man. And then I just like walked out the door, went in my, my way. But the whole drive to where I was going, I just remember thinking about it. I'm like, man, that I've been living life wrong. I've not been living right. Like I've been living for myself and living for my own dreams and not for what God has for me. Now, this brings me to my first point, and this is the most important point I'm going to share in this episode. So if you get one thing, let it be this. Remember, take notes. Find your identity in Christ. What I mean by this is to trust God's plans and timeline, not your own. Find your identity in Christ. Everything we do has to be on that foundation. I'm telling you, if we don't have this right, there's nothing else to really even focus on. There's no point in life if our identity is not truly in Christ. Now, this doesn't mean like making businesses for God. Because that's your identity would be in making businesses for God, which is an honorable thing, but it's not having your identity in God. And it's not about how you, what you know about God. It's not about the Bible. Because for many years after this, that's what my identity ended up being. And it was in my knowledge of God and my ability to learn more about him and to spend time with him. But it wasn't actually in him. Nothing can replace your identity in Christ. That is the most important thing in the entire world. There's nothing more important than it. And um, here's, a great way to, uh, here's a great way to say this. It's the whole vision of this needs to be to be known by God and to know God. If we can do these things, if we can know God and be known by him, our identity is in him. What happens around us, like if the economy wrecks again, it doesn't matter as much. It doesn't have the same effect because 
We're living for God and our identity is in him. And I'm telling you, you will find your purpose much, much quicker. You may never find it. Well, you will never find it without having your identity in him, but you will find it so much faster if we can just learn to really prioritize God and keep him first and foremost. So here's a couple practical ways to begin finding your identity in Christ. First, number one is to walk with God. But this means just talk with him all the time. Remember, it's your number one relationship. So it's so important just to know that we're in communion with God all the time because of the Holy Spirit, we're able to be walking with him, which means throughout your day, just remember to pray. If you're having a rough time at work, instead of getting all angry and stuff, just be like, God, I'm having a really rough time. Help me. If you're having a great day at work or a great day at school, just be like, God, thank you so much for where I'm at today. Anything like that means so much. And you got to remember it's a relationship. So talking and walking with God is a great way to grow it and continue to find your identity in him. So the second way now is to believe in the power of prayer. Prayer moves mountains. Prayer is so effective. And I think so many of us now in today's world, we don't really believe that. We pray before we eat or we pray before bed or when we wake up almost out of habit or out of obligation because it's what Christians do. But the truth is, if you really believe what you're saying, you really believe that something is going to happen, it is going to happen. And I've found in my life to, that there's nothing more powerful than prayer. When I, when I just need that breakthrough from God, when something has to change and I really get alone and pray, I've seen miracles happen. And I believe that you can as well. And we have to believe that, like actually truly believe that at a core because finding our identity in Christ means actually believing that he is who he says he is, which is the creator of the universe, which means when we pray, we need to know we're talking to the creator of the universe who has our backs. That is a big deal. So again, that second point is to believe in the power of prayer. And the last one here, third thing is to, to listen to God. Be quiet every once in a while. Stop talking. Like for real, all of us talk to God so much, but we don't really give God a chance to respond. Here's a great way to, to picture this. Think of, I don't know, your favorite athlete or your favorite movie star or the president of the United States. Imagine getting a one-on-one meeting with that person. You walk into the room, they're just kind of sitting there at a desk or a coffee table and you sit down next to them. What's the first thing you do? You shut up. That's the first thing you do. You get quiet. You let that person talk because you are in, in awe of this person because of just their, who they are. Like they're, they're the most impressive person to you in the world. So you want to hear what they have to say. But it's funny. We don't treat God that way. When we get in front of God, who's greater than anyone that we could ever imagine, he created all of us. We kind of just start sharing our, our laundry list with him. Like, God, I need this. I need this. I need this. Why isn't this happening? Why isn't this happening yet? But he's the creator of the universe, which means he's greater than any of those other people that, that we put on such a high pedestal. So when we're thinking about God and actually listening to him, it's something we all need to start taking seriously and prioritize, which simply put just means sit there and be quiet. Put on some worship music softly in the background and just sit and listen. As your mind wanders, bring it back to nothing. Stop and just learn to quiet your mind yourself. And the truth is, God has a lot to say if you can just learn to listen. I know in my life, I hear God speak all the time because I've actually learned to be quiet and listen. But it, was a, it took me a while to, uh, it took me a, a long time to actually learn that. But those three points are really important for finding our identity in Christ, which really is the most important and first step to really discerning and discovering our purpose and calling in God. Now back to my story. At this point, I'm going to fast forward a few years, but I remember walking away from my roommate in that moment, feeling like he had just dropped a bomb on me. And at that moment, really, my, my life kind of changed. And fast forward a few years, I was serving in church. Uh, I was also working a full-time job because I needed it. I kind of resented that because I just had so much debt that I had to have a job, but I always felt like I was better than it, maybe, which was definitely a wrong way to think. But I, you know, I was really excited about serving God. I was serving in church. I was running a, a group's like an entire group section of our church. So like the small groups and for the young adult ministry and some other things as well. And I was thoroughly enjoying that. 
And then work was something that was like on the side of my mind all the time. Like it was just kind of there. And I was, again, kind of resenting even having to, to have a job at that point uh, at a young age. I know I was a little brat. Um, but here, here's the deal. I remember one day getting, I was so excited when this happened. I actually had my lead pastor. He called me up on the phone and offered me a high level position at church. And I was, I was so excited because I was like, man, I've been thinking I need to be in ministry. Like I love working with groups and doing all these things and, and my job just isn't fulfilling me or anything like that. And, uh, you know, my pastor in this moment, he said something that is probably like required. He told me to pray about it. So, you know, it's, I was like, sure, I'll definitely pray about it. Knowing I was already going to say yes to it, of course. But then I did what he didn't expect me to do. And I didn't expect to do, which was like, you know what, I'm actually going to pray about this. So I did. I sat down. And I remember like asking God, like, hey, like, God, this, this is such a great opportunity. I believe this is what you have for me in my life. And I immediately felt no peace at all. No peace. I felt like this was not what I was supposed to do. And I even brought up to God, like when I'm sitting there thinking about it, I'm like, but, but God, I remember a couple of years ago, my manager, he told me at, at work, my, it was like the, the VP of the company, he told me that I'm more of a pastor than a manager. And I even heard that in the business world. Like, how could I not be in that arena? Like that, that's probably where I'm supposed to be. And I just felt no peace. And then I eventually felt God just tell me no. So here's the deal. Like I had an internal conflict at this point. I'm like, God, what on earth do you want from me? So now I'm going back to my pastor and telling him, no, I, I couldn't take the job. I didn't feel peace about it. I knew it wasn't for me. And, um, you know, I, I really was like, just kind of frustrated with God at this point. Cause I'm like, God, like th- that's, that's the goal. That's what I wanted to do. I'm, I'm walking with you. My identity's in you. I want to be working in ministry. And, um, I really felt like God brought this second point to me. So this is number two. This is my second point here, which is to give 110% today. And I felt like that's exactly what God told me. And I knew what he meant when he said it. He meant that at my job, I had just been doing what I need to to get by. I hadn't been really prioritizing it or really giving it my all. And because of that, it was kind of suffering. Like I wasn't a bad performer by any means, but I wasn't performing the way that the groups were performing at church because I was giving that 110% because I was passionate about it and loved it. But the truth is what God was telling me to do was where I've placed you today, give 110%. And so, you know, that was my kind of my wake up call in the, in the business world that I've been doing this wrong. I hadn't been prioritizing the way that I should. I had been so focused on the group thing, which was great. And I continued to do that. But I also need to be focused at my job. And I think of a, a Bible verse in Colossians is 317 and 18. So Colossians 3, 17, 18. And it just says, basically, I'm going to summarize it here. But whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through him. And remember that it's not human masters you work for, but it's the Lord God you're serving. And when God told me that, remind me that I'm serving him, not people. I need to treat my job way different. Whether I thought I was going to be there long term or not, that really didn't matter. It meant today I had to give 110% where I'm at. So here's the deal. I knew I had to do a full 180 here. I had to turn things around at my job. I had to begin caring for my staff. I had to begin caring about my work and start giving it all I had. I remember like when I was doing this, I really started to turn this around. I was walking to work one day and I was praying, which is a great thing to do, right? So I I was praying my way into work. I felt like God told me to treat my job as a short-term missions trip and do my best to impact everyone I could before I'd have to leave. So I, you know, that was like a whole new mindset for me. Treat it like a short-term missions trip. I don't necessarily know what God meant by that, but I, I knew at that moment, like I needed to try to help and encourage people that were there however I could. So, you know, I truly became like what my old VP told me. He said I was like a pastor 
not a manager, I truly became more of a pastor. I started caring about people more in the business world. I got into their personal lives where it was appropriate. And um, I just did as much as I could to really help impact people. And I think about a recent story because I still do this today. Believe it or not, I'm still in the business world. That's still what I do. And I, I love it now. And I'm doing it for God. I'm a light in a very dark place. Um, but one of like a recent story, of this was actually just a, a couple weeks ago. One of my employees, uh, she, I guess someone like took her monster energy drink out of the refrigerator and um, she was like really upset about it. And uh, I remember just getting up from my desk. I could hear her talking about it. I was like, hey, what's going on? And she explained it to me and I just walked out, went to the, uh, the gas station down the street and brought her back the same monster that someone had took apparently. So, and I remember just telling her, hey, like I need you to be able to give a hundred percent while you're here and you can't do that if you don't have what you need. So I wanna make sure you're taken care of. And later on that day, she told me that really meant a lot to her. And some other staff members also saw it, also talked to me in private later, like, hey, that was like really cool of you to be able to do that. It was such a small thing, like it wasn't a, a big deal at all, but it's like those little things that really help morale and help actually keep the, the company productive and just shows where my heart's at, which is to care about people. And so for many of these people, I'm the only form of Jesus that they see. Many of them don't go to church. They're not saved. They don't want to be in those things, but they're going to see Jesus through me, through the way I work, the way I act. I'm giving 110% to my staff and to my job in front of me. So what does this look like practically? What does giving 110% look like on a practical level for each of us? And uh, first point, I got, I got a lot of them here. I think I actually have five different things I'm about to mention. But first, if, if you don't have a job, be the best student. If you're not in school, be the best wherever you are. Do everything you possibly can. Give 110% exactly where you are today. Even if you feel like it's not somewhere you're going to end up, do the best you can right now. Even if that means you just have like a, a part-time job, become the employee of the month. I mean, seriously, do the best you can. You're living for God. And if you are, we're called to be the head, not the tail. And we just need to do everything we can to be the best that we possibly can. So uh, kind of my next point here with that is to stay focused where you're at. So a lot of us, I think we look at all these doors opening. A perfect example is me seeing that, that um, position at church opening up. I saw that door open, which in my mind meant I had to run through it. We don't have to go through every door that opens for us. You always have opportunities. The doors will always open for you. Don't run through them all. Don't seek to run through them all. Where you're at today, stay focused and do your best. Not saying, oh, but tomorrow I'm going to be over there. Or this is just temporary. I'm going to go to this place soon. The truth is, that's not what God's called us to do. He's called us to do the best we can today. And we don't even know if we have tomorrow. The Bible talks about how we're not promised tomorrow. Which means if you're always looking at that next season, the next place you're going to be, but you're not focused where you are today, and let's just say that God comes back tomorrow, he's like, why weren't you doing good? And you're like, well, God, I was going to go do this. And he says, well, I never had that for you. God wants you to do the best where you are today. And remember what you're doing is for God, not for man. So you, whether you hate or love your boss or your manager or whatever, you're not working for that person. Wherever you are is where God has placed you. You need to remember that you're working for God. You're not working for anybody on the actual job. And when you do that, it makes it way easier to really apply yourself and work hard. And the, the last thing here, uh, this is probably my favorite one, learn to say no. Learn to say no. When people throw opportunity where, your way, when people give you things that are gonna take you away from the path you're currently on, unless it's course it's the direction you're heading in, say no. We don't have to say yes to everything. I remember when I was serving at church, I used to say yes to everything. I got burnt out real quick until I figured out, no, I'm good at groups, that's where I'm supposed to be. So I started saying no to everybody. And I will say no to everybody about everything. You can't give 110% if you're spread really thin. So be willing to say no and not just go with everything. So kind of like with this point of um, giving 110% today, kind of the last thought I want to share is it reminds me of the life of Joseph from the Bible. He was 
a guy with a dream at a very young age, knowing that his brothers one day were going to bow before him. And nothing in his life ever went that way. You know, when he was put in charge of uh, Potiphar's house, he did his best to manage the house. He didn't say, well, one day my brothers have to bow for him in front of me, so I need to like just get out of this as quickly as possible. No, he did the best he could. And then from there, he got put in prison, which might be considered a downgrade. But you know what? He still gave it all he got. He was managing the, the jail or whatever he was doing there. And he was doing it the best of his ability. He gave 110% wherever God placed him. And I think all of us can learn a lot from that. We all need to begin living life that way. So that's it on that second point. Let's all learn to give 110%. So my last point here, I'm going to kind of start that, just kind of share my story about where I'm at today. Um, I still work in the business world, like I mentioned. Uh, I'm in the aerospace industry, and I, I love it. I'm a senior leader at, my, at a company I'm at. We're a publicly traded company, and um, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I'm the youngest person at this level of my organization, which I am humbled to be able to say, and I learn a lot from the rest of the guys and ladies at this, uh, this lead team table. And um, I've also got some side hustles going, some things I really enjoy that I'm part of. And my life right now is more fulfilled than it's ever been and I'm doing things that I'm naturally really good at. I'm doing things that, that are really moving the world forward. I'm able to have an impact for Jesus in a big way. And um, it's not even just my serving role at church. It's what I'm doing in the business world or what I'm doing with these different side hustles that I have. And it's been really awesome to see. And there was kind of like one thing I want to mention that kind of brought me there. This is my third and final point today. And it's to know your natural strengths. Who are you naturally? And the reason that I kind of put this in discovering and discerning our calling from God is because if God has called you to do something, it means he's already placed what you need inside of you to do it, which means your natural strengths, which are your God-given strengths, are going to give, be some sort of indication as to what you're supposed to do with your life. Now, I'm hoping a light bulb went off for some of you because I know when I learned this, it's when I really started excelling in business doing better in the positions I was in, started creating side hustles or actually bringing in income is because I learned what my natural strengths are, which means I'm operating somewhere within the calling that God has in my life. So what are you really good at naturally? It's a good question to sit down and ask yourself to really think about. Um, you can ask God that same thing. Ask people around you is also a big way to do it. But kind of some other ways to really just get a good grip on this really fast is to take some personality tests. I love Strength Finders 2.0. Uh, you have to get a book for that one. That's the only one I'm going to mention that you have to pay for. But Strength Finders 2.0 is probably the, the best personality test you can take in my mind. And I'm going to give you two websites. There's spiritualgiftstest.com. That's spiritualgiftstest.com. And that will tell you kind of from a spiritual level what you're naturally good at possibly in ministry, but it translates to anything. And then 16 personalities, the actual the numbers, so 16personalities.com. And that will kind of do the same thing. It's very similar. It's going to be able to just kind of give you a general idea of some things that your personality, um, some personality traits that you have and some strengths that you're going to be naturally good at. And um, these are really important to do. By doing this, it's really going to help lead you closer to the calling God has in your life because God made you that way, and which means he's going to call you to do something there. I had a friend growing up, and he loved the Lord. So he meant really well by this, but he always wanted to be like a musician or worship leader for God, which again is awesome. The dude was terrible at music. He, he was bad. He just didn't have a good ear for music. And I'm in the same boat. I was never really good at any of that stuff either. But he just wanted it so bad that he never actually looked at what he was naturally good at. He was just so focused on this is what I'm going to do. And because of that, I feel like at an early age, he kind of, now he's on a different track and path. But at that point, he kind of like missed where God wanted him to go with his life because he didn't know what he was naturally good at and didn't focus on them. So ask yourself, what am I doing that brings the most fruit? What am I doing that seems to be 
driving forward the most. Uh, that might be some, an indicator of what you're naturally good at as well. And then I already mentioned this one, but to ask people around you. So ask some of your close friends and make sure they're people that are actually true friends, not fans. If I ask, I have certain people in my life and I'd consider them to be more of a fan of me. They would never tell me anything I'm doing wrong. They would never be honest with me. If I ask them what I'm good at, they'd be like, oh my gosh, everything. And honestly, it's super annoying. Uh, but no, no offense to anybody. But the truth is you want to ask someone who's like a real friend to be like, hey, and I have some people in the mafia done this. Like, Alex, you're really not good at this. But like, here's three things that you're really good at. And just seeing other people bring that out of you is a great reminder of, oh, he's right. I'm not good at this, but I am good at these other things. I need to focus more in that direction. And that's a really, really good way to just kind of find who you are in Christ. So again, out of these three points, know your natural strengths is definitely, definitely the most practical, but it really is a true indicator of where God is calling you to go in life. So now here's the, here's the ultimate deal as I'm ending this. Um, I don't know what God has called me to do with my life. And you might be like, oh my gosh, Alex, we just listened to you for, what are we at now, 25 minutes and you don't even have an answer for us. The truth is like, I don't think any of us are ever going to know the ultimate purpose that God has on our life. I don't think for many of us, there might be a few people, but the majority of us, he's not going to show us the end destination. He's going to show us what we're called to today and the fruit that we're supposed to produce today and how we're supposed to be faithful today. Every step I've taken up to this point in my life has been necessary to lead me to the calling or purpose that God has in my life. Even those bad times, like 2007 hitting and just messing up all my plans for my own life, I believe all that was necessary for me to get here because God had something for me to do within that time. And uh, I want to encourage everyone with that. We all need to know that our calling from God is a journey. It's not just a destination. And I think many of us want to treat it that way. We want to say, God, what's the destination you've called me to? But the truth is he's called us to a lifelong journey of just following and pursuing him and doing everything we can to just further the kingdom of God here on earth. I like to put it this way, that as Christians, our calling is to take the stairs, not the elevator. It's going to be a little bit slower, maybe a lot slower, but the truth is it's going to be a lot more beneficial for us because we're going to grow and develop from it. And it's really going to be helpful in the long run. And who knows who we're going to be able to bring along with us on that journey of our lives. So kind of to recap my three points, the first one was to find your identity in Christ. And again, that one is the most important. Number two, to give 110% where you are today. And number three, to know your natural strengths. I believe when we do these three things, we truly begin to discern and discover our calling and purpose from God. So I want to just challenge you with that today. Get out there and start doing these three things and, and just see where it leads you. See who God calls you to become. And I believe you're going to live a more fulfilled life than you ever have before. Thank you again for listening to the Good Christian Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please go to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and a review. This really helps us to continue to impact and reach more people. I'm looking forward to sharing another episode with you next month. But until then, remember that your calling in life begins when you find your identity in Christ.